0: Thank you for checking out the podcast of Eastern Assembly of God in Baltimore, Maryland. If you would like more information about our church, please visit us at www.easternassembly.org. Well, we began last week a series called Free Indeed. And today I want to talk about being free to pray, and I'm going to give you some pointers that I hope free you up to get more excited about your time uh, with Jesus. And also, I thought it'd be a great way to kick off our week of fasting and prayer by talking about prayer. So today, we're going to talk about the importance of prayer, the fellowship of prayer. I'm going to give you a guide to help you, a practical guide, and a few words about fasting. So notes are in your bulletin. I uh, hope you will take them out. Also, you can take notes on, on our church app, all right? You ready? I, don't, I, I meant to make a slide. I didn't do this, but if you go to the app store and look up Tithely, T-I-T-H-L-Y, that's our giving platform, download the app. When you open it, it's gonna say which church to which you're gonna put in Eastern Assembly, and then that will, every time you open the, the, uh, the Tithely app, it will take you to our site, and one of the options on there is sermon notes. You click on it, and you can take notes right on your phone. They're exactly the same as the ones in your bulletin, except you can do it on your phone and save it. Amen? So let's begin by talking about, number one, the importance of prayer. I want to ask you a question. Can God do anything? Yeah, I believe God can do anything. But do you know there are many things God will only do if he is asked to do it? I want you to think about it. In other words, there's things that God wants to do. It's in his heart. It's in his promises. But he's not gonna do it until somebody asks in faith. I was thinking about, for some reason, uh, I I can be a little, what's it called, uh, reminiscent. I I can sometimes revert back to younger days or whatever and think about things. This week I was thinking about, in eighth grade, I went to an eighth grade dance. And in eighth grade, I was pretty backwards with the girls, all right, and there was no way I had the confidence to ask a girl to dance with me, so I stood there the entire dance, just watching everybody dance, all right? Finally, towards the end of the dance, my neighbor, who lived right next door to me, she was a year older than me, I think she felt sorry for me. She came over and basically just reached out her hand and listen, I was desirous, I was wanting, I just wanted someone to ask. And I want you to think about a God in heaven who has things in his storehouse that he, he wants to supply you with. There's things he wants to do. He, he's just waiting for you to ask. You know, Pastor, do you, do you have a scripture to prove that point? Oh, yeah. Okay, here's what it says, all right? James said it this way. You do not have because you do not ask God. I've heard stories, I don't know if this is true or not, I mean, stories of, 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 of people thinking about this. Can you imagine getting to heaven and the Lord showing you the storehouse full of all this stuff? You say, Lord, that's a lot of stuff, a lot of things. Man, I, I could have really used that in life. And God says, I, that was yours, you just didn't ask. So, then scripture, this is James 4.2, James 4.3, says this, when you ask, You do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Listen, prayer is not about asking God for everything you want in life. Prayer is about asking God for everything he wants you to have in life. I I want I want to say it again. I want you to think about it. Prayer is not about these are all the toys that I want and so I'm gonna ask. In other words, everything you want. Prayer is about asking God for what he has in his heart to give you, but he's waiting for you to ask. Everybody still with me? All right? Matthew 6, five, Jesus said this. And when you pray. Now if you read that passage of scripture in Matthew six, you will notice that verse five starts and when you pray, verse six starts and when you pray, and verse seven starts and when you pray. Not if you pray, when you pray. Because Jesus is basically saying, if you're in a relationship with me, there's going to be communication. When you pray. Everybody with me this morning? Right now, that being said, there's certain things God's not going to do unless you ask. Jesus basically says, hey, if you're mine, you're going to pray. Why do Christians struggle to pray? Now, I'm going to ask you to be honest for a moment, okay? Because I think this will help you. How many, how many of you in here struggle at times when you pray? I, I need to just be honest for a moment, okay? No, hold it up for a minute. I, I, need, I need everybody to look around, okay? Because I think a lot of Christians think, you put your hand back down, that if you struggle to pray, something's wrong with you, okay? Now, there is, a, there is a minority of you in here that prayer comes very easily. You may have a call to prayer. In other words, that may be a gift that you have. And you connect with God very easily. And you may look at others who say they struggle in prayer. And you're like, what's wrong with you? Come on. Okay, but for the majority, prayer is a bit of a struggle. So I want to help you with that this morning. Okay, first of all, one of the keys to overcoming the struggle is is setting a time and a place to pray. Because if something is a bit of a struggle and you don't schedule it, you're apt to shy away from that which is a struggle and gravitate towards that which is easy. Tasty freeze, schedule. Pray, off schedule. Are you with me? So it will help you if you schedule a time and a place to pray. Now, I'm gonna make a suggestion. I'm gonna gonna say that scripture seems to indicate that early morning is a good time to pray. All right, here's some verses. Psalm 63, one says this, you are my God, shout it out on three. One, two, three. Early. early will I seek you. How about this in Jesus' life, Mark chapter one. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. I really believe for some of you, you can resolve part of the battle just by setting a time and a place. Okay, for me, uh, uh, my alarm goes off at 4.30. I don't have to get up that early. But for me, once the kids wake up and once the family wakes up, I'm not gonna have a solitude praying time, you understand? So I get that done early before anybody wakes up. When the house is quiet, I spend my time with the Lord, all right? And uh, uh, I, I like what my friend Pastor leon Honduras says, you don't need as much sleep as you think you do. Prayer is important, all right? now. The second part of the battle, beyond setting a time and a place, is this. So you sit down to pray. All right, uh, I've set my alarm a little early. I, I sit in my chair. I'm gonna spend some time with the Lord. Lord, uh, bless my family. And next thing you know, you find your mind wandering to the right or to the left. Anybody ever guilty? And you're like, I'm supposed to be praying. Why am I thinking about my bologna sandwich at lunch? What is, what is wrong with me? All right, I believe that's actually pretty normal. And one of the things that helps me, and I'm gonna get more into this a little further in the message, is I have a prayer notebook that I go through that helps me stay on track because the points are right there. And if I get sidetracked, I look back down, and I say, okay, I gotta move from B to C now. All right, I'll help you with that a little further in the message, all right? So turn to your neighbor and say, prayer is, prayer is important. Now let's talk about number two, the fellowship of prayer. At the heart of prayer is an opportunity to spend time with Jesus. That's the heart of prayer. Not just God, give me everything that I need. It's an opportunity to be with the Lord. It's how you communicate and commune with the Lord. I think part of the problem is just a lack of understanding or really believing who it is you get to meet with. How many believe Jesus is the highest authority in the universe? Okay, how, how many believe Jesus has more authority than Johnny O. in Baltimore County? All right, this this is this is not meant to be a cut on any politician. I'm just I'm just making a statement. All right, how many believe that Jesus has more authority than Governor Westmore? How many believe that Jesus is greater than President Joe Biden? Okay, <laughs> all right. We're not gonna turn this into a political movement, all right, we're not. I'm making a point, I'm making a point. There are people, listen, that have great titles, great authority, that if you tried to get, make an appointment with them, you would not succeed. But We serve a God who, who says anytime, anywhere, you can call on my name. You don't have to have a prayer mat, you don't have to face in a certain direction. It doesn't have to be a time. Come on, somebody. I've, I've never dialed into heaven, and the Lord said, I have no appointments till May 3rd. Come on. How many of you deal with some doctors, and you're like, man, it, it's tough, right? And God says, man, I'm, I'm just here. Just come and meet with me. Listen, listen to this verse. I want to talk about it. Hebrews four sixteen. Let us come boldly, to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and will find grace to help us when we need it most. Okay, no. Why can we come before the Lord boldly, or some translations say, with confidence? Listen to me, this is really important. Some of you struggle in prayer because when you go to pray, the devil reminds you of your inadequacies, your shortcomings, he's like, who do you think you are that God is going to listen to you? And, and you kind of back off. Okay, I want to remind you today that you, your ability to approach God is not based on anything that you have done. It is not based on your accolades, your resume, your title. There is only one reason that you can approach God, and that's because of what Jesus has done on the cross, that on the cross, when you receive what he did, he covered you in his righteousness, and what he did is enough. I love that picture. Come on. That's you and me, friend. We, we've, who are we to gain the audience of the king of the universe, except that Jesus, when we ask him to, covered us in his righteousness, and he says, son, daughter, it's enough. My father will receive this. You can come. So when I wake up in the morning, I'm not like, hey Lord, it's your favorite son, Ed. Here I am, come on now. I say, Jesus, you're the only way in, and what you've done is enough. I plead that blood, that blood that covers me, is my way in. Listen, some of you may struggle in prayer because you're not covered. You've never opened your heart to the Lord or, you, or you've fallen away, let me, let, me, let me just put it this way, all right? Let's say you find out Lamar Jackson is having a, a, a little party, okay? And no alcohol, no, it's just all clean, just a gathering of friends. And you say, man, I like Lamar, he's awesome. I'm going to go to this party. So you show up at the door, you knock on the door. Hey, here I am, I'm coming. And the big guy at the door says, because he's looking for something. He's looking for your invitation. Something that Lamar says, you're welcome here. Otherwise, you're not getting in. I don't care how much of a fan, I don't know how how big your jersey is. Come on, somebody. It's the same way with the Lord. It's like there's only one way in. It's Jesus. If you don't know him, you're not getting in. But if you know him, you come boldly. But I'm here to tell somebody here today that I believe God has brought you here. Go back to that picture again, if you will, of that righteousness. There you go. Uh, I believe God has brought you here because today Jesus wants to close you with his forgiveness, with his righteousness, with the new life that only he can give to you. And when he covers you because you've invited him in, Friend, then you're gonna realize there is an open door to approach the Father. Come on. Listen, I used to pray before I met Jesus. Now I lay me down to sleep. I don't even remember the rest of it. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. This is a rather morbid prayer. If I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. You know, But listen, when I met Jesus at 18 years of age, prayer became a conversation. Jesus, I know you. I love you. Come on, somebody. It's about relationship. Amen? Number three, let's talk about a guide to prayer. Now, we're talking about prayer today, but I want to put this point in there. Before I pray, I actually do my Bible reading time actually before I pray. I don't think there's, uh, I can show you scripture that you could do it. You could do separate times, like you could read your Bible in the morning, pray at night. I mean, I mean, there's nothing. But for me, I when I uh, am done getting myself together, I sit down. And uh, right now, I'm reading through the book of Jeremiah. I'll do a couple of chapters in Jeremiah. And then i am also started something new this year. I'm, I'm following a book that a friend of mine wrote. Go to that next slide, if you would, please. It's called The 260 Journey. I highly recommend it. Uh, my friend Tim Delina is the pastor of Times Square Church, great man of God, and the 260 Journey is basically, if you read a chapter in the New Testament Monday through Friday, uh, you will get through the New Testament in a year. And what you do is you read a chapter and then you open the 260 Journey and read some comments that Tim has, my friend Tim has made about that chapter or something that stands out to him. It's, it's, like, it's like a devotional, but a devotional concordance together, it's really awesome. I how you recommend it. It's a really big book, but you can get it for 20 bucks on Amazon, which is cheap for a, a book that thick. And it's thick because you're reading two pages over a year, all right? So that's what I do. Then, when I'm done in the Word, then I open my prayer journal. My prayer journal, it's, it's not like I sent away for a prayer journal. It's just a simple, small notebook, okay, that I've decreed to be my prayer notebook. I thought about buying them for everybody, and I thought to myself, you know what? If, if if you're serious about this, you can stop at CVS and for 350 get a little notebook and make this happen. All right. So I opened my prayer notebook, and this is what's on the inside page of my prayer notebook. This very acronym, I use the word pray as a guide to help me pray, and each of the letters stands for something. P is for praise. We're going to break this down. R is for repent. A is for ask and Y is for yield, and that is the general guide that I use in my prayer time. All right, let's break that down. Let's talk about the P for praise. Do you know the Bible tells us how we are supposed to approach God? We are supposed to approach God with thanksgiving in our hearts, amen? Psalm 105.1 says this. Give thanks to the Lord, call on his name. Notice the order. Number one, give thanks. Then number two, call or ask, all right? Prayer is more than a complaining session to God. It's thanking God for his faithfulness, for what he's done. Put yourself in God's shoes for a minute as he looks down at this earth and he sees somebody bragging. This week at the gym, and this, this, this is not an actual testimony, I'm making this up, all right? I benched 400 pounds, all right? And the Lord says, Who gave your muscles the ability to grow by working out? Who provides the oxidation necessary to do? God says, you wouldn't do squat. Excuse the metaphor for working out. If I didn't give you the ability. And I think one of the things that happens when you start drawing closer to the Lord is you recognize how much you need him. The Bible says, in him you live and move and have your being. Come on, can I put it this way? If God says I'm done with you, it's all over. That's how important his word is to your life. So, so prayer is a way by which we declare our dependence upon God. Lord, thank you, you are my life, my breath. I thank you for your intervention in my life every day. Don't take it for granted. Are you listening? So you you approach God with thanksgiving, in your heart, all right? Uh, I, I'm not saying it's wrong to recognize human accomplishment. I do believe in that. But I love what Matthew nineteen twenty six says. It says this. Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, everybody say, but with God. All things are possible. Then I go to the R. The R stands for repent. Now listen. God doesn't cover me in his righteousness so that I can go and see how much I can sin and then every once in a while say, sorry, Lord. God has covered me and given me the strength of the Holy Spirit to help me to live a life that's pleasing to God. I got, I got two week amens, all right? I'm gonna try that again. Listen, listen. Jesus saved me out of sin so that I could live a righteous life before him. Amen. Are you listening this morning, all right? Um, 1 Peter 1.15 says this. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. All right, how many can handle all the truth this morning? All right, listen, listen. When I got saved at 18 years of age, I knew my drinking days were over. I had the new wine. What did I need to do with the old? Okay? Uh, when, when I accepted Christ, I knew my dating relationships from that point forward would be holy. No more fooling around. Man, it's quiet in here, church. Come on. Jesus, Jesus didn't forgive me for all the stuff I had done prior to, so I could go back and do it all over again. Now, I, I'm getting to the point about Christians falling. Just, just stick with me, all right? Uh, I, mean, I mean, Jesus pulled me out of the miry clay, set my feet on a rock to stay so that I could live differently than I had lived before. Okay. That being said, do Christians sin? Yeah, We slip up in our words, we slip up in our deeds. Sin is not just what you do wrong, it's opportunities that God had for you that you missed. And then this scripture comes into play, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness so when I get before the Lord now I must tell you me personally I don't do P-R-A-Y I do R-P-A-Y generally before I give thanks I I choose to just say Lord before I even give you thanks or do anything I just want to I just need to know I'm covered today would you would you wash me afresh how do you believe the blood is enough come on it is Lord cover me afresh If the Lord reminds me of something that I need to ask forgiveness for, I do because I recognize my approach is is through Jesus, right? It's it's through it's through Jesus. So I ask him to forgive me. All right, I I want you to just think about this verse for a moment, all right. If we don't confess our sins, how's that work? Then he is not faithful and not just. Okay, it is important that you keep your heart pure before the Lord. How do you do that? You ask him to help you live right, and when you mess up, you ask forgiveness. You don't see how many years can go by before you ask forgiveness, you take care of it ASAP. I love uh, the psalmist's heart, as he wrote his heart. He said, investigate my life, O Lord. Find out everything about me. Cross examine and test me. Get a clear picture of what I'm about. See for yourself whether I've done anything wrong then guide me on the road to eternal life, all right? So open my prayer journal. P-R-A, A stands for ask. Now this is where I tend to use the rest of my journal, okay? And uh, uh, I'm just gonna tell you what I, what I do. It's on your notes there, a, a little guide there. Um, so when I start the asking, I have the first page, I have my family. Wife is number one on the list. I'm going to pray for my wife every day. Pray the Lord to bless her, the Lord to keep her. Amen. Uh, every day, I'm like, uh, uh, no more cancer in that body in Jesus' name, Lord. She's healed and she's pure. Amen. And uh, I have my kids, I have my grandkids. I pray for extended family. I pray for our, my family to come to Jesus. I stand on His promise, me and my household. Come on. How do you believe you ought to pray for your family? You know how you remember how to pray for your family? It's right in your prayer book. Right there it is. You're reminded every day, okay? So I pray for my family, then I turn the page. That's kind of my church page. I pray for our staff, I pray for our deacons, I pray for my pastor friends in the area. I pray for the pastors that I am, I am their presbyter, there's about 15 pastors that I I work with uh, in the assemblies of God in our area here. And and, and I pray for them. I pray for uh, God to continue to to bless and grow our church. And and man, I hope you'll have a church page and you'll pray for your pastor and you'll pray for your church. We need to do that, amen? All right, and then uh, then I move on. Then I pray for governmental authorities because the Bible tells me to. And I pray for local authorities. I pray for our, our governor. Do you know that Governor Westmore's grandparents were were, were were ministers? And I say, Lord, let him return to the faith of his ancestors. Come on, I pray for our, I pray for our president. I've been praying for the city, I've been praying uh, with elections upcoming. God, would you? Would you put someone in the authority in Baltimore City that has some semblance of a fear of God that can get some things done? Come on, somebody. I pray for them, all right? Then I turn the page, I pray for a revival. I pray for revival in my life. God, keep the fires burning. Keep the fires burning at Easter Assembly. God, move. God, move in our, in our can I, and I, can I just put an ad on here? Listen, don't underestimate the power of that prayer meeting that's happening right here on Sunday night, February 4th. Between the Ravens, last game, and the Ravens in the Super Bowl, I'm prophesying. All right, listen. You don't need to watch the flag football Pro Bowl. Come to prayer meeting, okay? This this past Tuesday, I think there was 14 of us around that table this past Thursday when I met with the local pastors. It's powerful. So they'll be bringing people, and I just think as God looks at Dundalk and sees churches united in a cry out for him, I I believe it catches his attention in a way that wouldn't if we didn't do that. Make sure you're here, you get to meet some of my pastor friends, some people from other churches. It's gonna be awesome, amen? So I pray for revival. Then I pray for missionaries we support. I have a missions list, which we're happy to get to you. Actually, if you're here Thursday night for prayer, uh, we'll be giving that out. And uh, I don't pray for all 88 every day. I have it divvied up into groups of about 15 or 20 that I just mentioned their name. If I know something special, I pray for them. Uh, also pray for persecuted Christians around the world. I, I, I try to pray for that every day. Listen, we take for granted what we have. We prayed this morning, and uh, on the back of your bulletin, there's actually uh, the prayer calls that we do. I would welcome any of you who would like to jump on Sunday mornings at 7.30. I have a group. We actually pray for everything that's going to happen in church today. I'd love for more of you to join me. Um, but. I pray for persecuted Christians. This morning, in that prayer time, we prayed for believers in the Central Republic of Africa, or Central African Republic. Uh, 80% of their population claims to be Christian, but they are heavily persecuted because there are militant groups that go around looking for Christians, and there's plenty of them to find. And they burn their churches down and kill them. How's it like to be a Christian in the Central Republic of Africa? I don't see any hands going up. But they're my brothers and sisters. One of them could be my neighbor in heaven, so I pray for them. Oh God, be gracious to them. Give them strength. Are you listening to me this morning? Amen. Uh, and then, I, and then I have a. The last pages are individual things of people that have asked me to pray for them. Maybe they're maybe they're struggling with sickness, or or some people uh, that I'm believing to come to the Lord. And if you were to look at those pages, many of those are crossed off. Why? Because God answered they're healed or they're saved and, and uh, uh, I said the other day I need to kind of combina- combination some of these names because I go through a lot of pages. It's okay for right now. Um, but somebody might say, well, Pastor, aren't you kind of asking for the same thing every day if you follow that kind of routine or use a prayer book? Now, I must tell you, there's some days I spend more time on my family and less time on other things or more. You understand, I don't always go through it at the same rate. There's some days I lay my prayer book aside and and use my prayer language to pray. But I want you to get this point. I believe God wants us to keep on pounding heaven's door until the answer comes. Come on, so if your family's important to God, you keep pounding heaven's door. Bless my family, touch my family, save my family. Come on, somebody. If revival's important to you, you keep pounding. The Bible tells us of a widow who went to a lawyer, and she needed a case decided. And the lawyer initially wanted nothing to do with her, but he got so tired of her being at the door, he said, you know what, I'm just gonna answer her, so she'll leave me alone. And the Bible says, how much more does your heavenly Father, who cares about you, will he grant these things if you ask? See, most of us don't understand the spiritual dynamic that happens when we pray. We say, Lord, Lord, Save Anne Hilda. Anybody have an Aunt Hilda in here? No Ann Hilda. All right, pick the good name. No Aunt Hilda. All right. Save Ann Hilda. And, and, and there's a conflict. Hell says we're not letting go Anne Hilda. Heaven says we're gonna get that. And, and there's a there's a warfare that happens when you pray. And when you continue to pray, every time you pray, you're you're investing in the victory of the warfare. Come on, until the until the victory happens. Just read in the book of Daniel what happened when Daniel prayed and when the answer came, what took so long? And the angel said, man, you have no idea the warfare we've went through in delivering this answer. Come on, somebody. Amen? So don't give up. There was a man in the Bible called Simeon. The Lord told Simeon that he would not die until he saw with his own eyes the Messiah, the promised one. Now, we don't know how many years it was between God telling him that promise and him actually holding Jesus in his arms, which we'll see in a moment. But I believe every day Simeon woke up and said, maybe today. That's that's how it ought to be when we pray. Maybe today is the day for that breakthrough. Maybe today they get saved. Come on, with prayer should come faith and expectancy, right? All right, so here's what happened with Simeon. One day he's walking through the temple and he sets his eyes on Mary and Joseph holding a baby. The Lord says, that's it. Simeon took him, that's the baby Jesus, in his arms and praised God saying, sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you, you now dismiss your servant in peace. What's he saying? I go home now. I got my promise. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory for your people Israel. You know one of the reasons I'm so blessed, church? Say why. Look at this next verse. John 16, 24. Jesus said, until now, this is why he was walking on the earth, you have not asked anything in my name. But now that i am died on the cross, ask Ask and you will receive, and your what will be complete? Come on, I'm I'm blessed because my joy is complete in seeing God answer prayer. Can you say amen? All right, now let's go to the why. Just keep over to the next verse. Let's go to the why. Yield. Okay, the why, the why stands for yield. This is where in prayer I say to the Lord, Lord, I'm yours, use me. And it's also where I yield to anything God has to say to me, because prayer is not one-way communication, it's two-way communication. I talk to God and then I give the opportunity to talk to me. Some of what he says, he says to me through his word. and Some of the, what he has to say to me is, is, is through me listening in prayer. Come on, how many believe God can speak to people? It's all through the Bible, he still does, amen? Romans 12:1 says this, therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is the yield. This is your spiritual act of worship. And as I said, I'm reminded that prayer is two-way communication. I talk to the Lord, and the Lord talks to me. Amen? Let me give you some instructions about this week. We're almost done. Wayne, anybody else is coming to help him? You can get ready. All right. So we are gonna concentrate this week in prayer on souls. You know, you know, the reason Jesus doesn't come back today is because he, he wants that door to remain, remain open for more to come in. We're seeing things happen in this world that would give us indication that things are winding down. So what is on the heart of the Father is, is, is bringing them in. That my house might be full. I mean, let's, let's see a harvest of souls. So Monday, we're gonna we're gonna cry out for souls in Dundalk. And I'm gonna give you some instruction if you're here tomorrow night, Tuesday for the, for our city. Wednesday, we're gonna cry out for our nation. Thursday, the world, that'll include missionaries. I'm asking everybody to make at least one of those nights. Come to as many as you can. Those days will be from seven to eight each night. Wednesday is our regular service time to be seven to eight thirty. You say, Pastor, I have kids. Hey, I have a nine-year and a 10-year-old. They'll be here some of the nights because they're old enough to sit through an hour of prayer and participate. If you have little kids, my suggestion is maybe mom could come Monday while dad watches the baby and maybe dad could come Wednesday while you watch the baby. You can work it out. There's a way to make this happen. Amen? If you read Scripture, you will see times when leaders ask the people to come together for a time of fasting and prayer. It's very biblical. Most times it was in a time of trouble. Can I ask you a question? Do we live in a time of trouble? Yeah, let's cry out. Now, a little bit about fasting. We're calling this a time of fasting and prayer. I'm not asking anyone to not eat for the next four days because if you've never fasted one day, you probably shouldn't fast for four. What I'm asking you to do is do something in the area of fasting over the next four days. Whether you miss breakfast every day for the next four days, you say, well, that's easy, Pastor. I don't eat breakfast. Well, then that doesn't count, all right? Um, it's got to it's be something where you miss a meal and get hungry. So whether you do something every day or whether you take one day and fast the whole day, you you work that out. But there's just something about getting hungry in your stomach that God can turn into a hunger for God. Lord, I'm hungry. And God says, are you that hungry for me? No, but I want to be. You understand, there's a spiritual dynamic with fasting, and I believe God wants to do it even this week. Amen? Let's review. Number one, prayer is important. Why? Because there's some things God will only do if he's asked. Secondly, prayer is about relationship. You get to be with the king of the universe. It's a privilege. Thirdly, I pray you'll take some of the advice I gave you. Practicality of prayer. Get yourself a little journey, journal, follow through. It will help you. And lastly, I hope you'll join us for this week of prayer and fasting. Alan, would you go back to that picture, please? Of, of, uh, of There you go. Listen, I want to ask you a question. Are you covered? Are you covered? Have you ever opened the door of your heart and invited the Lord in? And when you did, this happened right here. Jesus covered you in his righteousness. Because, friend, if you've never asked the Lord to do this, then you are uncovered. And what that means is you will stand before the Lord, fully exposed, everything you've done. There's no covering. And God is a just judge. He's keeping track. The gavel will come down and he will declare guilty. But there's no reason for you to have to experience that because Jesus already paid the price for the sins you've committed. He's already done all that's necessary. You say, Pastor, you don't know what I've done. No, you don't know what Jesus has done because what he did was enough to cover all that you've done. Today, this picture can be real in somebody's life. When you open the door of your heart and invite him in, he comes in and he covers you in the robe of his righteousness. You're forgiven, you're his child. And you will have direct access to the Father because of Jesus. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? I'm looking for somebody here that says, Pastor, I'm not sure I'm covered. Or maybe you know that you're not. Either you've never accepted the Lord or you've drifted and God has brought you here today because he's knocking on your heart's door and saying there's no reason for you to leave this place uncovered. Salvation is a gift to be received. The price has been paid. It is finished. He's just looking for you to open the door of your heart. If you say, Pastor, you're talking to me. Today, I want to open the door of my heart. I want to invite Christ in, and I want him to cover me. If that's you, I want you to slip up your hand right now. Come on, just as a way of saying, I'm not gonna embarrass you, but it's very important that you respond to this right now. Thank you. Someone else here today. See, I'm talking, yes, thank you, ma'am. Thank you, thank you. Others all over, looking in the balcony. See a couple of hands go up today. Others around. Them. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm gonna I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. Those of you who raise your hand, everybody else is gonna pray along. And I'm gonna pray as if I was you, because some 40 some years ago, I was 18 years old, and, and I was the one who was praying this prayer. And I know what God did for me when I prayed, He'll do for you. So, everybody, pray along. Dear Jesus, I know that I've sinned and fall short of your glory, but I believe you died for me, you rose again, and right now, I open the door of my heart. Come in, Jesus. Wash me clean. I surrender to you. And with your help, I'll follow you. In Jesus' name. Now, let me just pray for you. You don't have to say a word. Father, I pray for those who lifted their hands today, God. You're faithful and just to forgive us of all sin and cleanse us from unrighteousness and cover us in your righteousness. So do it according to your decree. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody in the house, stand with me. We're almost done. Stand with me. Come on, stand. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, as my wife had mentioned during prayer, Come and get one of those orange packets over there. It'll help you with your next step. Don't be ashamed. Go down and grab your packet when service is over. I'd like everybody to lift their hands. And I want to I pray for you. And then I want you to pray with me about our week of prayer. All right. Father, I pray for each one here. Lord, I bless their prayer times. I pray it would be the most precious part of the day. Whether their alarm goes off early, whether it's on their commute to work or whether some here are night owls and they they make the evening their prayer time. God, would you bless it? Would they look forward to time spent with you? Might you make it real, the power of talking to the king of this universe and standing firm and knocking on heaven's door until the answer comes. Lord, I bless the prayer times, the devotional times of those in this room. Now I'm going to ask you to do something. I want you to lift up your voice as if I've called you in prayer and ask the Lord to just bless our prayer times this week right now. Would you do that? Would you say, God, meet with us Monday, Tuesday. Come on, as if I called on you to pray right out loud all over this room. Come on. Oh, God, hear us. God, meet with us as we gather in this place this week, God. God, in the name of Jesus, turn up the burner. God. Increase the pull of folk, God, in Jesus' name to come to you. God, we're believing in you, God, that you're going to do something special. God, in these nights of prayer this week, something's going to break loose. Something's going to break through, Father, because we've joined together. Your word says where two or three are gathered in your name, God, we can agree and touch. And it has effect, God, in the heavenlies. God, we're looking forward to what you're going to do. What you're going to do. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness today. Listen, this this isn't so much a message that you come to the altar. This is more a message that you take what you've been given and go put it into practice. Yay. So I bless you to do that. If you are staying after for Meet the Pastors, just just as you're heading out the door, take a left into the cafe, we'll meet you in there. God bless you. I look forward to seeing you and and, uh, the nights of prayer this week. God bless you.